0: Go.
1: Hello and welcome to From the Be All End and we're holding our debrief after the 1-1 draw at Brighton and Hove Albion on Saturday. I'm Simon Evans and uh, joined by Chris Borden, Justin Connolly and Paul Woodhouse. I'm actually in the same house as Paul Woodhouse in Cleveland because we were <laughs> in Ohio together this weekend watching the MLS Cup. We'll chat a little bit about that at the end. Um, but yeah, down to business. Burnley at Brighton and Justin, that's a result that... Uh, you know, it's a kind of result you at the start of the season you'd look at and go, It'd "Be nice to get a point at Brighton,
0: isn't it?" Mm, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think um, the result it was all important in that game. I think there, there's a few key key points about it, isn't there? The fact that we seemed to we you know we were under quite a lot of pressure in that second half, and you know conceded an equaliser, but then we didn't buckle, did we? We kept you know we we held on for a point. I think it's a really really a uh, sort of good benchmark to set against what was a very very good side um you know we've got we've got that resilience now that we didn't seem to have before um you know I, I think probably like everybody else I was expecting them to get another one towards the end there. And I think psychologically that would have been a massive blow to come away from that game without without anything. And to get a point Given that the you know the results around us didn't necessarily go our way, I think it's really really important. And you know, let's be honest, they they are a decent side. They're eight in the table at the moment. And mm. uh, you know, we again, particularly in the first half, we we gave them a game, didn't we?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Woody, you 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 watch that game in 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 detail, and 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 have quite a few opinions about it. You were saying towards the end of the game, you thought there was a touch of the sort of dashes about Burnley's performance.
2: Yeah and uh, not just because we kept them at bay you know we we did we did what we had to do. there were a lot of good things about yesterday's performance. Uh, we started off extremely well that first 10, 15 minutes. the bear was all over and we were we were we were out passing them We were infinitely quicker than they were. And Brighton weren't at the races. And then they suddenly realised they had to play a game of football. And they slowly started to ratchet it up during the first half. And if anybody was going to score, it was going to be them. Obviously, we nicked that goal. Uh, the second half was a slightly different story. But credit to Vincent. We've given him a lot of stick on this pod. And a lot of other people have as well uh, online for being too passive, letting games drift, etc. But we've also got to remember we wound up with two right backs, Three centre halves and Nathan Redmond up front. You know, now that's that's going super dash. But um, <laughs> to be fair, they didn't get it under each other's feet like you sometimes see when you start bringing defenders on just to shore up a point. And we slowed it out extremely well. So I think a lot of people can take a lot of credit out of yesterday's, yesterday's win. It's not just, it's not spawning a point. I think we earned that definitely. We played. We played some jolly good, jolly good stuff. We dug in, and everybody did the jobs, including the, the manager. As far as I'm concerned,
1: there was nearly, there was nearly a Nathan Redmond assist to Connor Roberts, weren't there? That would have been uh, quite a a tale isn't of substitutes isn't? there, yeah, yeah. But Chris, that what?
2: was the best chance in the second half. Better than anything like Brighton created was that Connor Roberts chance. That's all I'll say.
3: What a pass that was, by the way. It's yeah. sort of. You know, dissecting three right. or four uh, defenders and the run as well. I love to see, you know, from a, from a, well, he's playing right, you know, right wing effectively yesterday, but to, to show that sort of desire, he burst infield and he's, he's, he's demanded it. I want this ball. I want to score a goal. And, mm-hmm. you know, he can't quite get on the end of it. It's just heartbreaking, but it's great. It's from a lad who's no doubt had a few sleepless nights this week with his, uh, his second child's been born, so every credit to him. Fabulous. Mm.
2: If only we had vote. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: he had, he had his best game at Brighton, didn't he, last time out. <laughs> Exactly. He was, he'd, uh, yeah, he, was, he was terrific. But Burnley usually, it's one of those grounds where they have always picked up results. You know, they've lost the odd uh, odd one or two, but invariably picked up results. I mean, latterly under Sean, it was sort of like backs to the wall, grinding out a nil piece, And, uh, you know, before that, you know, real, you know, it was a shock result, wasn't it? They, you know, went they gave Burnley a bit of a a shot in the arm in the, you know the last relegation season. But uh, it's, uh, it's the only thing that drags yesterday's result down is you know, say when you you, you know you're leading in a game so deep into the game on the back of Tuesday night at Wolves. If they'd have got a point at Wolves and got a point yesterday after beating Sheffield, everyone's like, what a fabulous week that is. Mm. And the Wolves' results just put a a, a dampener on everything, really. But.
1: Yeah, but I think it was an encouraging one in the sense, you know, that point that you made, Justin, about not not folding after that. They, they came under a lot of pressure in that last fifteen mm. minutes, didn't they? And they really were, you know, whipping balls in. The goal that was conceded was the kind of goal we used to give away under dash, where we defend, defend, we're going deeper and deeper. And then there's a ball to the back post, and there, you know, if somebody just gets half a yard, they could uh, to get an edder, and you're in trouble, aren't you? But it was getting yeah. deeper and deeper. I mean, the big, the big talking point for a lot of people, especially online, I've seen like a lot of reaction, was you know James Trafford's performance. Um, Woody, I mean, he made a he made a lot of saves at the end, didn't he? He's been, he's been talked about as man of the match and so on. What, what, what were your impressions of Trafford's display?
2: It was a, a very a very good performance. But as we've all mentioned, of all the saves, there's maybe one borderline world there, but had he missed any of those, we'd have been going absolutely apeshit today about him. Mm. And you know, there wasn't it wasn't some kind of Tom Eaton esque performance. He did extremely well. But when you're kind of showing a very simple catch uh, on the official uh, Twitter feed of all his so-called saves, then you're starting to pad it a little bit. But he had, a, he had a good game. He'll come out of it feeling better because of it. I think his distribution, whilst we're always going to talk about it not being as good as XYZ, it was still uh, decent and improving. I thought he commanded his uh, six-yard box and his area arguably a bit better than he has done coming out for stuff and even his punching was still... Slightly dubious, but he was he was getting there and trying to command things a lot better. So I think all round he did well, and I think he'll he'll be very happy with it. I think the side will be very happy with it, and he comes he comes away with a lot of credit.
1: Yeah, I mean keepers need games like that, don't they? I mean, I, I take that point that a lot of those saves you would expect a keeper to make, and I'm glad he's made them. Uh, a couple of really good ones in there as well, I thought. But it's uh, for a keeper who's been questioned and questioned a little bit, and people are looking at him thinking. Is he worth all that money? Is he really as good as, ever? you know, we've all been thinking? Is he really as good as people made out, sort of thing? Mm-hmm. He looked, he looked, he looked solid enough. Justin, you-
0: yeah, I, I agree. I think he looked, he looked, um, he looked very solid. Um, but like everybody else is he just, he's just doing the things you expect a keeper to do. I think there's been a little bit of a overreaction to, uh, you know, how well he did. It wasn't like a world class performance, was it? It was just sort of doing the job that he's supposed to do, and perhaps. You know the misgivings that people have had about him um have resulted in people sort of overreacting to a decent performance, just out of relief, really. That actually he's he is, you know, reasonably solid. I think, I think people have been a bit unfairly critical of him in the sense that I don't think he's I don't think he's made mm-hmm. any sort of massive gaffes at any point. He hasn't, you know, cost us a goal as far as I can remember. It's just that general suspicion that he might be a little bit fragile and a little bit, um, you know, awkward with his distribution. But, you know, like, as as Woody says, it's a confidence-building performance. He'll come out of it feeling a lot better and hopefully that confidence will spread through the rest of the team. There's nothing better than, there's nothing worse than having a, a you know, a Dodger keeper that the defence doesn't have faith in. And I think that will, you know, give, give us a little bit more um, a little bit more faith in him, and that's what we need. You know, it's all progress, isn't it? It's all a sign that things are improving.
1: I was just going to say, yeah, to take the Greavesy role, he's he's not with us today, but to take the Greavesy role, Chris, it's like the whole thing has been give them time, give them time, it'll start coming together. And I think maybe that does explain a bit why people are, are almost euphoric that 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 <laughs> uh, Trafford had, had a decent and a good a good game um, because. You know, it's, it is another sign that maybe, maybe, things are coming together. Yeah, defensively, yeah. we could ground out a game. Really, in the yeah. He's he's had an
3: afternoon where without him, Burnley lose the game. Mm. You know, I'd I'd, I'd say I I do agree. I think you know if he doesn't make you know the vast majority of those saves, you're pointing the finger. But yeah, you know, there's a there's a really good save from Mitoma where he you know the. Uh, he shoots into the ground and it's awkward and he's, you know, he's, he's done really well to sort of scoop it over the angle and yeah. the star, the star save at the far post, like Peter Schmeichel-esque, you know, he gets out really quickly. He's really sort of, you know, he's made his mind up, no hesitancy, you know, and he's spread himself superbly well. But It's it's great for the lad himself. And like I say, it's, uh, you know, it's it's you know, a sign that, you know, some players and, and you know, the team as a whole are getting used to what is the Premier League experience, but it's nice to sort of, um, you know. They, uh, I, I'll be honest, I, I ain't seen the kid Verbruggen before he before he went to Brighton. I so Slightly disappointed he hadn't come to Burnley because of how uh, you, know, I, you know. Speak to other you know the Belgian journalists who were sort of a lot of people thought you know he was you know Man United should have signed him. They think he's got that higher ceiling? And yesterday, if you'd have compared the two, you'd have thought, you know, James Trafford is the better goalkeeper. Mm. So that's yeah, again, indeed. you know, it's a, another tick in his in his column. Yesterday, you know, he can feel feel very, you know, very good about himself
1: this week.
2: Mm. He didn't have a lot to do in the second half, though. To be fair, didn't he, <laughs> He was, <it> was quiet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean the other, yeah. the other the other the other the other interesting thing with the with the team lineup was uh, obviously Colli osho missing for the first time after picking up that knock at wolves uh company went with uh wilson order bear woody um obviously got the goal he came in scored the goal um other than the goal what were your impressions of him in in that it was kind of a like for like sort of switch wasn't it
2: really Pretty much, yes. The first the first fifteen especially, he he ran them ragged. Mm. And the thing that he has over Colosso is his feet. It sticks to his feet, which in a modern day player is quite rare, isn't it? is fantastic at kind of getting his you know, getting his head down, going inside, outside, but almost bundling the defender out of the way. Whereas Otabet is all about fancy footwork at pace and um he's i think he could be a ridiculously good player but he mm-hmm. again he's is i think he's in the earlier season amdouni mold where he seems to disappear for longish periods and then all of a sudden he pops up again and he's up he's there on the highlights reel but there were some there were some bits that were simply exquisite and if we see more of that out of him then we'll have another Benson versus Zaruri debate all for the rest of the year. He, he was working quite well in defence as well, wasn't he? Tracking
0: back and and yeah. work, he worked. He worked really hard. Um, you know, he, even even in the second half when he didn't get get much going forward, he was he was um, he was um, he was doing that thing that Coley does it as well. I'm not saying that he, he doesn't, but um, you and you need that. You need that, especially in that second half where they're getting getting a grip of the game a little bit more than they had in the first half. Brighton and and you know really. Really, work that—that was the thing in that second half. The work rate and the concentration was mm-hmm. was excellent, wasn't it? It was really on a par with the best that we that we can do. I think. I, it always annoys me a little bit when, you know, you, you you have a performance like that where where we've got our backs against the wall a little bit in the second half. Keeper makes some good saves, and people say, "Oh, you know, we we got we got we got battered there." You know, we we had we you know the keeper had. I had a man of the match performance for you, and, and we were defending all the time. They talk as if like goalkeeping and defending isn't like part of football, you know. But it's just as it's just as valuable as anything yeah. else, isn't it? It's just as it's just as mm-hmm. much a part of the game as as the stuff going forward. Um, and any team, any team is going to have to dig in and produce, you know, that sort of display if they want to if they want to win. Games in the Premier League, particularly when you're at the bottom end of the table like we are, we're going to have to do that again, and it's really encouraging. I think that we've were put under that kind of pressure, and we didn't we didn't really buckle.
2: And on yeah. that point about defenders in front of traffic, etc., I think a special shout out for Vitinho, who arguably had his best game yesterday. Absolutely, he yeah, was yeah. Absolutely he's getting it fan- Yeah, he was fantastic going forwards. I mean, Mitoma looks like he's got a lot of change out of him. But he's basically kept him to those kind of floaty inner type wide yeah. crosses. Yeah. And he played extremely well, did Vettino yesterday. And it's it's kind of discrediting him, him a little bit by putting all the praise onto Trafford. Vettino was great, as was mm. O'Shea as well. He put a lot of very good blocks in.
1: Yeah, I was quite surprised that O'Shea started and not, we didn't see Egdell Bayer together. I mean, Chris, mm. O'Shea. O's, O'Shea recently, you know, after he's had he had some poor games, let's be honest, and he, he seems to have come through that a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean maybe that's just the balance
3: of Vincent wants that he wants, you know, someone who's confident in bringing the ball out from the back and if it Bayer's fit, Bayer's gonna play. If Bayer's not available or suspended as he was in midweek, he plays Ekdal. Maybe he doesn't want two of that type. You know, he wants you know the you know, the the ball the ball winner as such and in, in O'Shea who's you know he He'll let it kick it all day long, you know. And the one who comes out, you know, comes out from the back. But uh, yeah, he has been, he has, he has shown signs of improvement. The, the only say, the only area was at you know at, at Wolves on Tuesday night where his his ball into into Sander Berger was well, it was a hospital pass. You know, he, his three uh, three old gold shirts bearing down on him and a fourth yeah. in close proximity. It was just a, mm-hmm. a silly, a silly, especially at that stage of the game, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, see, it. he he come off the back of that performance against uh, Sheffield United, where he must have felt encouraged, you know, in, albeit against a uh, you know the, what we consider a poor side. But uh, that's it. The, the Vitinho again. I, I mean, you know, complete uh, complete agreement. You know, you, you're looking at floaty is exactly the word for uh, Mitoma's crossing. It's he mm. was coming inside on his right, and you know, he's just standing and standing a ball up basically. It wasn't like he'd. Uh, you know got in behind him and he was sort of pulling you know a, a pullback for for someone to tap in or anything like that. He was taking a chance with a with a, with you know with a with a cross and you know the Charlie Taylor's got caught out in the end. But uh, yeah, all round that's it but your heart sinks when the when the equaliser goes in, you're thinking West Ham, you know, here we go again. But uh, yeah, resilience the word, isn't it? You know, it it can only you know, make everyone at Turf Moor feel a lot better this week. But again, you know, have to build on it.
1: And it does go back to that thing we were talking about the other week, about even though company keeps repeating this mantra to the media that we're not going to change the way we play, we're sticking to our principles, we, we've got our style of play. And, and, and more and more with each game, you start to think that the way we're playing does reflect an adjustment and and a, a, you know, I said to Woody in the car as we were driving up uh, from Columbus, it's a little bit like uh, the expression that comes from politics, like we've been mugged by reality a little bit, that like we've, (laughs) we've, 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 we've got to, we've come to terms with it and we are playing a different, I mean, we were, we were hoofing the ball away at the end under pressure, as we Mm -hmm. should, you know, I mean, it's, it, when it's not, Totally, hundred percent. Commentators keep talking about it as though we're still trying to play the same way as, as we did at the start of the season. But Justin, there has there has been quite a lot of change, hasn't there, in the approach?
0: Well, I think if you if you look at how we played against City in that first first game of the season, we we were playing at home against the you know the treble winners, and we play like five up front and try and outpress them, you know we're not doing that now are we we're not we're not there were, there, were, there were games where we were playing five up front and early on in the season and then getting caught on the break all the time because we we had that high press going on we're definitely not doing that now we've got a totally different formation we've got that 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 sort of it's more like what would you say it is like 4, four 1 1 or 4 4 it's almost like 4 4 2 isn't it with like a diamond midfield and the mm-hmm. yeah that's exactly it's 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 completely different to what we were doing and we are we are still trying to play out play it out from the back and keep possession um but you look at the stats for for uh, Saturday's game and we were i think i think it, it was 70 plus percent possession for Brighton now that's not that's not the game plan that we had early on in the season is it that's not what we were trying to do then um but yeah, and I think it's probably right. It's an adjustment based on the realities of life in the Premier League with a very, very young side, the youngest side on average in, in the division, with a lot of players who've never played, you know, your Premier League football before. It, it's common sense, isn't it? And it's it's we seem to have hit upon um, a, a sort of way of playing that is both... You know, very, very compact and stable, and difficult to play against. Much more difficult to score goals against than we were in the first sort of six, seven games.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: Much more difficult to play against, but we still seem to be able to get forward and create chances. You know, we, we've we, in the last in the last few games we've scored some great goals. Um. So yeah, it, it's definitely changed. There's, there's. There's more, there's more variety as well I, I, in managing games, in changing while we're playing. The, the 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 sort of formation doesn't change that much. The personnel changes quite often, um, but the style of play is, is totally transformed from what we were doing earlier on in the season. And it's more pragmatic, and it's more, it's more. It gives us, it gives us a chance to get points, which is, and and it's, that's reflected in the results, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think so. Woody, anything catching your eye about what's changed? Anything you look at and think we weren't doing that in the first four or five games of the season?
2: Um, I think that kind of ball from back to front, we're finding we're finding more options. We're finding either Jay to lay it off, being able to hit it shorter to, to Berger. He's able to hit that kind of reverse blind pass, as you mm. will, or the Zamduni. So there's more kind of choice between that and it's not as choreographed or it doesn't feel as choreographed like I say that first that first 15 Brighton didn't know what day it was we were Mm -hmm. all over you know we're playing long triangles short triangles we're passing we're moving we're doing all manner of nonsense and we look we we looked more like way more like Brighton than Brighton did um so it's been it it was it was impressive, and it's getting and it's getting better. And you can see there's a certain familiarity, familiarity as people get more confidence in their roles and things pulling off. And yeah, I agree with Justin. Everything seems to be coming together a little bit more, a little bit more.
1: Mods, what, what's what's still missing? You know, to get to to get to a level where we start winning games like that, or or get really start climbing out of trouble. You know, it has changed. I think the lads are right about that. But what what do you think's missing still? It's a simple thing isn't it? a,
3: i i i I hate I always refer to him, but he always spoke so much common sense, our previous manager, and he'll he'll say it's those little details, you know taking your chance like at wolves on Tuesday night, j rod scores or uh Brownhill scores, and you go one nil up not so you know not so far from half time, and it's a different game yeah. you know and then you give away a stupid goal. And you got all of a sudden you go in trailing and you don't deserve to. Like I say, yesterday, you know, the you the crafted, you know, they, they crafted, mm-hmm. you know a, a lovely goal and uh, you know, can they can they can they nick another, you know, can they keep Brighton out? Just those little you know, if Charlie Taylor can make another another step, he wins that, you know, wins that aerial mm-hmm. challenge. You know, it's uh, just little, little bits and pieces. But like I say they've got almost almost uh, you know, from that city game where they basically played with a, a back five and nobody knew what on earth what was going on, to then trying to take on elite sides with what was essentially a front five, you know, he just got the balance better, hasn't he? You? you know, you got but Berger, who many were saying could play in a defense, you know, more defensive role, is sort of uh, you know mm-hmm. dictating things at the base of a base of the diamond. Brownhill, who has always been better off, you know as a more forward-minded player for me. Whether whether that, you know, that shows up in his goals or his assists, I just think he's better sort of breaking up play in that area. And, you know, certainly in the Championship, he's a five-goal minimum uh, at Manor season. You know, he should be chipping in with more like he did last week. But, uh, yeah, they've they still got that threat. You know, you, you've you got individual brilliance, like Odder like Bear yesterday, uh, Trezor, who, who came on and looks more the pop, you know, more like he's, you know, getting the hang of things with every uh, sort of cameo he gets. Uh, you know, sort of right hand sides more tied down with a bit more of a workman like player, if you will, in, in JBG or a JBL. And uh, yeah, say so we're all desperate to sort of see, you know, like you know, Benson get 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 back fully fit and firing and see what he can offer and. Uh, yeah, and and Zarori before uh, you know, he, he's the mystery, isn't he? You know, we're still we're still mm-hmm. like sort of fifth, sixth choice in, in in that area. But at least there is that depth. Like I so say you, you you lose Oshaw and then we you know you play another really exciting young talent, and you know you want to change the game, and you bring on a Redmond or a Trezor and it, the the depth's there. It's just let's like say just getting uh, getting used to the Premier League experience and making sense of it. And uh, I'd say just desperately, if you could do what like Everton have done this week, you know, pick up, have a week like that, you change your entire season's fortunes around.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's interesting that company isn't like, we all agree that it has changed and the evidence is in front of every Burnley fan's eyes that it's changed, but it's interesting that company still, he, he won't talk about that. I just wonder how much of that is like, his image as a, you know, the progressive coach, the guy who's who's playing the right way and all this kind of thing. Do, do you think? Do you think he he sort of thinks if he starts saying, "Yeah, we've we become a bit more pragmatic now," and, and 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 acknowledges that 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 sort of downgrades his exciting new young manager image.
3: See, I think it's just the balance. Honestly, I, while he still, you know, they take they still take risks at the back. They still try and be, you know, they, Trying to find space, you know, wherever they can, they try and move the ball quickly when you know when they can. They say they've got this individual brilliance at times, you know. It, it's that that aspect of it's still there, but I see it's just just tightened up a, you know, a, few, a couple of aspects here and there. And you, you, you can't go and take these sides on with, you know, two wide players, two forwards, and a and a ten. You know, so it's just mm. it's it, madness. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, I think I think I think we can all see what's happened, and it's good. It's good. I mean, coming coming up, obviously, in our next episode on on Friday, we'll look in detail at, at the Everton game. But just as a little appetizer for that, I mean, it's an intriguing one, isn't it? With 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 Dyche up against Burnley. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Justin, what I mean, there's always this thought, isn't there? Like, you know, what kind of reception they get, and so on. What 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 do you think it's going to be like? Well, he'll get a
0: sensational reception, of course, won't he? He's he's a a hero to many and quite rightly so. Um, I think it's going to be a much tougher game than than it might have been a month ago. I think the 10-point deduction seems to have sort of uh, galvanised a lot of people, both on the terraces, on the pitch and in the dugout. They're very good, aren't they, at, at, at playing on this sense of sort of injustice and using that as a fuel to uh heighten the performances i mean looking at their form at the moment they they've won three on the bounce now which is you know for them that's like um you know a real a real real turnaround and uh you you've got to acknowledge that without that 10 point deduction which the players on the pitch and the management team at the moment don't deserve without that 10 point deduction they'd be in the top half of the table so you know, it's an, it's gonna be another another tough game for us, but I think Sean Dyes sh- sh- should and will get a fabulous reception.
3: You
1: think so, Chris, or do you think do you think I think,
3: it, me- I think it'd be like the uh the, the League Cup game. I think I think there might be a bit of a follow on from you know Dwight McNeil getting a bit of stick and giving a bit back and uh yeah, you know, which is a, a, a crying shame because he loves the club and he, he you know, what, what what a find he was and what a player they developed. And I, I sincerely hope he continues this current vein of form and starts knocking on the England door because I think he's that good.
0: Not on but, Saturday, uh, though, please.
3: Not on Saturday. Not on Saturday. <laughs> but uh, but you know, Tarkey, you know, great servant as well. You know, one mm. of one of the best centre backs we've seen at the football club in forty odd years. And the manager, I say I can't speak highly enough of him. He, you know, he is sort of the godfather of the modern Burnley football club, and you know ev- everything is built upon, you know, him, his success, his framework, his <laughs> you, know, you, know, he, he, uh, you know remodeling of everything. You know, he's, he, he's uh, you know, we talk about sort of. Getting pigeonholed in styles, and I think he was, you know, they, they were they were abrasive at times, and they were a tough watch. But I think they also played a lot of bloody good football. You to, uh, you know, you don't go to Chelsea and and, and and win, and Anfield and win, and Old Trafford and win, and Wembley and Nickerpoint and finish seventh, and blah blah blah, just by being, you know, really abrasive all the time. But uh, yeah, he's he, he he deserves a well he, he, from all four ends. I think the Everton fans, and I think there are a few doubters among them. I think they're now oh, saying yeah, we, yeah. we've got a proper bloody manager here. Uh, Absolutely, you know he, he, he could be, you know, uh, as good a manager as they've had in the last 30, 40 years, Sean. And I sincerely, I sincerely hope he, uh, you know, that that football club should be winning pots. And I sincerely hope he's one of them who starts putting pots on the on the on the, mm-hmm. the table for them.
1: Yeah, I mean too. I, I also hope like you mentioned the Dwight McNeil thing, maybe, you know, some some carryover of that. I really hope there isn't, actually. I hope there's a correction of that. I really I really hope mm. that the people at Turf Moor give him a good reception because he was a breath of fresh air when he came into that team at exactly the right moment, wasn't he? That that West Ham game when he mm. when he came really I mean, I know he played a few games before that, but it was that it was that game where things turned around that season with Dwight coming into the team, and uh, I really liked him. It didn't end well form-wise for him, but he, were all, he always seemed a good lad who gave his all and everything. He, he didn't deserve that stick he got Everton, and I hope that gets corrected.
0: And why? And why it, it was inexplicable. I mean, I was there at, the, at Sir Goodison Park that night. It was just... And, and they started booing him when he got the ball, and I was thinking, wh- why? is it, Why are they... Who are these people who are booing him? Because I don't know of any. any I, I speak to you know, Burnley fans, and I, I don't know anybody who thinks he behaved badly in the. Yeah. You no, know, I mean the tra- we sold him, <laughs> we we got an offer for him, and we accepted it. And and you know, you you couldn't blame him for going. He's staying in the Premier League rather than coming down with us. I mean, what what exactly did he do? To deserve think, that that bad reception, I I, it was I, I think
3: he's just got that. It's just got that Chrissy Waddle gait about him, hasn't it? That when if he, things yeah. aren't going, if, he, if he, things aren't going well, it looks like he's a bit languid and a bit. Yeah, you know, when, when in that sort of situation, Burnley were in, you need like blood and thunder, and you know. Put your body on the line. Everything. Exactly yeah.
1: It's exactly that, Chris. It's, I
3: think. It's, yeah, and it, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't contributing with with assists and goals, despite playing well. You know, on occasion. But I see his form had. You know, he formed. he form did dip. No doubt about that. But no, uh, he wasn't
0: the only one, though. In that. Oh, uh, in not that at season, all. Not he? at
3: all. Not at all. So yeah, he just. He, he, he you he'd, 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 he'd say himself. He was his, You know, his, his, his own biggest critic. And you could see sometimes, and he, he he was so disappointed. But but how how many times did we turn to him? It it must have been shattered because at times he was our only creative outlet. Mm. You know, you win the ball back, it goes to Dwight. Never mind, he's, he's just been up and down the flank. You know, chasing uh, Alexander Arnold or whatever. You know, go go again, son. Another crossing. Go again. Mm. Go again. <laughs> the the, the mm. rest of it was like all compact and uh, you know, let's keep things tight. But uh, yeah, I've. That That's easy. as good a talent Burnley Football Club well produced since. Well, I think you said Simon Trevor Stephen probably didn't he?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you what do you think? What do you think? Uh, Sean Dash going back to turf more? Do you think there'll be any people who, who who try and make a name for himself and give him some stick or?
2: I think it could. Uh, if we hadn't quite had the week that we'd had, I would have been slightly more worried for company. You could imagine people getting sarky and snarky going, eh, you want this bastard back here, eh? Eh, you used the (laughs) sack of shit. It could have turned into something like that. You know, I think he's maybe earned a little bit more, a a bit of a reprieve on that that score. So I I can't really see it being anything but, you know, happy, clappy, everything... (laughs) all right and then obviously somebody jumping out of the bobbleord and, and and lamping Sean Dash when they go 2-1 up after, after 4 minutes so. i tell you what it would it would be
0: really interesting there's another universe somewhere where where Sean Dash gets to spend 100 million pounds at Burnley football club i'd like to see what sort of team he'd put together i know right? It'd be
1: very different wouldn't it It'd <laughs> it would be really different well,
0: yeah i mean i don't know would it would he i mean he was obviously working under some fa- fairly serious constraints, wasn't he? And uh, would he would he have invested in young talent? Would he have would he have would he have spent hundred million no. on ready made players or what? It's, what
3: I I, let's say what well, if you? I mean, going by, you know, he, he's brought Jack Harrison in on on loan. That sort of type, you know, you know, yeah. that sort of yeah, work workman like with a bit of quality. But how many of those do you get to the uh, to the hundred million? I don't. You probably get about three, don't you, in this market?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just remember when Corne signed, and which was obviously a pace signing that was in in the new era. corney a kind of company era signing, really wasn't it for Dash? And mm. the whole the whole vibes of the way he talked about him was like, yeah, well, we'll see what this lad can do. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it was, it, there was no enthusiasm. I mean, I'm sure he was great with him on the training ground and everything, but. You could tell that he's like, where does he play? He's a, he's a left winger who plays at left back, apparently. Well, he won't be playing left back in my team, you know. There was no sense that he thought, here we are, the purse strings have opened. I'm bringing in players from French League now. but So I think we would have seen, you know, players who are proven who would do him a job for his main goal of mm. keeping Burnley in the Premier League. There, there wouldn't ne- have been much thinking beyond that. Mm. Nathan still come
3: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he saw something in Cornet that he, he, this kid can make an impact off the front or as a you know through the middle. Yeah. And and he's gone to West Ham and it's you know, by all accounts, you know, fifteen months after signing they have to get him, they're after getting shot. But at no stage from from my recollection have West Ham used him in that role.
1: Oh, you know, they, no, they,
3: they no. signed sign Big Skamaka, like you know, they they like Antonio. He's used Bowen there, uh, but he's played him primarily as a left winger. And you're thinking, well, what a season he had in a poor side as a forward. You know,
1: <laughs> <try Right. him. laughs> He had a free role, didn't he? He had a free yeah, role, really. Just... Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, is that? I, don't, I, I, I think we'd assigned Andros Townsend.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, hell yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they were always surprised. I and mean, Andros, I
3: don't know if he still does, but at, at the time he had the same agent as Dwight McNeil. And I think that was, you know, they obviously very, very aware of uh, of Andros and his capabilities, and uh, that you know, had he been available, at, you know, this, that, and the other, but, uh, yeah, definitely
1: that type, is not he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right before we wrap up, uh, just a, a quick one. We were, we were, me and Woody were at the uh, MLS Cup final, which decides the league title, confusingly, um, in Columbus, uh, Columbus Crew. Me and Woody had been to Columbus Crew games in the past. They're all ground They're at a new stadium. Columbus Crew won it. They beat Los Angeles FC, played very well. We're not going to all that. But Woody, as a the a, a new stadium, this capacity of that stadium is 20,800. It, it were a full mm-hmm. stadium yesterday. So it's actually slightly smaller than Turf Moor. Now, we've had all these debates about atmosphere <coughs> and so on. Mm. Um... American press boxes are always nearly always indoor behind the glass windows, but it's a new stadium. So the, the glass window was raised for kickoff time because it <laughs> wasn't so we could get the atmosphere in a bit. But Woody, what were your impressions as a fan in the crowd there of, of, of the atmosphere at that stadium and how it might contrast with, uh, with the atmosphere we've talked about at the turf?
2: It was fabulous. It was like a a, a funky little cauldron. Imagine if you will, Walsall back in the day, or popping to Scunthorpe. What new when they built that new ground, build it up a little bit more for about twenty thousand, impose it a little bit more for everybody, and sit it on top of the ground, and then basically have a load of book kickers, as in speakers, and power it through <laughs> the concrete of everything, and so that all the noise comes through the floors, so you're feeling it in your in your guts, etc. And then you have a sound man trying to work on piping the away fans and the home fans together and it kinda it kinda works and it was a it was a great it was a great atmosphere and it was um for twenty thousand people it it was quite it was quite an occasion, it really was. Did they have any flags? Yes. Huh. Yeah, tons of <laughs> them. Massive
1: yeah. And we had a we had a towel wave at the start, the whole yeah. the whole ground started wave. They towels. do that in the NFL,
3: don't they? They give the yeah. I've still got a towel from when I went to see New York yeah. Giants a few years ago. But uh... I'll
1: tell you what, I mean, I know I know a lot of us, I had to walk around the ground before kickoff. The home end, which is like the organized supporters section, which is a standing, safe standing area, um, mm-hmm. they've tried to make it like a, and they wear yellow and black, so they've tried to make it like a mini version of Dortmund's really, haven't they? Uh, they've even yeah. given it a. It's even got a German name. It's called the Norddecker, yeah. And and <laughs> that that was full two hours before kickoff. And I went round. Uh, and when the LA players came in, they had to walk to get to the dressing room. They had to walk right in front of this home end, which they obviously aren't expected to be full two hours before kickoff. But they priced the beer stuff at a reasonable level. I, I believe. I didn't go on and and test the wares. Obviously, working and everything, but um, <laughs> they they, they, they uh, after part. They um but so the players had to walk in front of this packed home end and got a load of abuse, Giorgio Chiellini in probably his last game walking through. But the interesting thing was going there, and we, we sort of mocked this American thing about having, you know, loads of food and drink and stuff like that. They had a beer garden at behind the home end, and people were sat there eating like, you know, schnitzel, having a few beers, and and mm. that's why they'd gone there two hours before. The club will be making a load of money off that. Yeah. The fans were half tanked up by the time the game started, <laughs> um, but it was it was it was a really good. It shows what you could do with a small stadium. I thought, you know, um, but you'd probably have to totally, you know, it's a new build. The, si-
0: probably, the safe, the safe standard is, is key, in. isn't it? That, that's 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 what's key to it, isn't it? It's like we said before at Turf Moor, we've not had that sort of focal point of, you know, where are all the people who want to make a lot of noise go since the long side went haven't we since no. that sort of little top corner of the long side that's, that's where that's everybody 30 went.
3: years it's 30 years in 95 since it come down yeah. that's yeah that's <laughs> that's
0: oh god 30 years no yeah, that can't be right <laughs> no, so, but but we haven't had that sort of focal point have we that's what they need to develop they need to develop a place where all the people who want to create that atmosphere can gather and and that energy then sort of begins to build and feed off each other, doesn't it? And we are we, we just, I don't, how do you do that? You know, you create, you, yeah. I mean, they say they're going to bring the safe standing in before the end of this season. I don't know what the plans are. I don't know where they're going to put it. I, you know, it, they're going to have to upend some season ticket holders, I'm sure, to get, if they're going to do that, which is probably not the best idea, but that's that's where it's all going to come from, isn't it? Just getting that focal point where, where the lunatics go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I would say to Alan Pace, and it sounds quite strange to say it to an American, especially an American who used to be like the owner or president of a major league soccer club, but in a very different era of MLS, it's become much bigger. That felt like I was at a Bundesliga game yesterday, to be honest. Mm. It was it, it mm-hmm. really really proper football atmosphere. The crowd was different. It was, you know, yeah. but but I would suggest to him that these new stadiums they've built, they've built one in Nashville as well. There's a 30,000 version of that Columbus Crew one. I would suggest he goes and has a look at some of these, because I think you could repurpose Turf Moor. You not, not knock it down and build one of these, but you could repurpose areas of Turf Moor to bring that kind of atmosphere where people get together, you know, better than a fan zone, better than a concession stand or whatever and really do something with a safe standing area, like whether it's a cricket field stand or elsewhere. So, yeah, Mr Pace, look back to your roots for some ideas, I think. <laughs>
3: yeah. It yeah. seems very fashionable in the minute in the States. It's very hipsterish, football. It's that the sort of
1: yeah, perception there.
3: Yeah.
1: It's changed. I mean, I was away back in England for five years, the level of football that they play. I mean, Columbus Crew played like the kind of football that company wants burnley to play we're passing out from the back very flex the you know that old physical quite boring style of mls teams is sort of going out a bit the quality of the football is better the stadiums are better the crowds are bigger it's all on apple tv and it looks absolutely fantastic when you watch it on an apple tv uh, mm. it's it's really really much much better than it was even five years ago but uh interesting interesting times Anyway, we're not an MLS podcast. There's enough of those around. (laughs) We're a a Burnley podcast. And, uh, yeah, we will be back on Friday to preview uh, the Everton game. We'll try and uh, put something special together for that one, given it is a special occasion with with Sean Dash uh, back at Turf Moor. And until then, thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us at BO podcast on socials leave us a five star rating on Apple or whichever podcast you use and uh, have a great week and up the chorus